You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm your host, Garrett Justice, and today I am joined by Kyle Wadsworth, who's the Director of Human Resources at Cafe Rio Mexican Grill. Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Great. It's so great to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to dive into our topic today. But before we do, give our listeners a little bit more context on who you are and who Cafe Rio is if they don't know it. Yeah, so Kyle Wadsworth, you've got my name right, my title's right. So I specifically, I support recruiting, benefits, compensation, payroll, uh, and then a lot of HR-related stuff for Cafe Rio. Cafe Rio, is it's Mexican Mexican Grill, actually started in St. George, Utah, and that's still based out of Utah, Salt Lake City. It's probably the largest restaurant company in based out of Utah, that is. Um, and I, I love restaurants. I love food everything about it. I eat way too much, but I love it. So it's okay. Uh, found my place and worked for Texas Roadhouse for about a decade out in Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm actually new to living in Utah, but it's, uh, it's kind of grown on me, you know, got to get used yeah. to less trees and more mountains. So yeah, it's, it's been right. good. Good. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And it, and it, it is interesting noticing that theme in your career so far of mm-hmm. food. Food's an important part of that, right? Yes, very important. And the culture, I mean, it's just, it's really, restaurant culture is different. It's very in-person. It's very yeah. laid back, a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. a lot of people think restaurants, ah, that's old. You know, it's an old business. It's not fun and tech-centric, but there's a lot of fun with restaurants. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's very, very interesting, you know, hearing that background. And, and before you and I jumped on, you even mentioned that, you know, you had operated a restaurant for a short period of time, even before that in your career too. Is that right? Yeah. So I've worked in restaurants. I've worked for in and out in operations, uh, helped open the Orem location. That was, that was pretty crazy. Uh, being yeah. Very busy. First store. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the first store in Utah County was pretty insane. Uh, and then uh, also opened a restaurant, I believe. Oh, it was in pay, Salem, pay, somewhere around there close. I uh, had it open for a little while and it was really stressful being the one in charge of everything. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to keep the love of food going and maybe not be the one in charge of all of it. So, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's super interesting. I know um, there are some big in and out fans, just like there are some big Cafe Rio fans, just like Texas Roadhouse fans here in Utah. Yeah. So we, we love our food. That's for sure. So, well, yes. you kind of you kind of hinted on it um, at, with that last comment, but I'm curious if you give us a little bit more context on why you chose to pursue a career in HR. It's about the people. I mean, and I'd say with every industry, it doesn't matter if it's restaurants, it doesn't matter if it's you know a tech company kind of like you are right now, but if you don't have people, even if we get AI going, even if we get robots running everything, if they're not people, you've got nothing to really run what's going on. You're not going to be able to make those tough decisions and you have to be able to support your people the right way to give them the autonomy to operate in a way in a a safe environment where they know that they'll be able to make choices on their own and grow and learn. So that's really the, the people side is what makes everything work. You know what? Um, I've noticed a big theme in talking to lots of other HR people here, just like yourself. So many HR people got in 
to it. It's the primary reason, I think, for the people. They are service-oriented people. They want to make work life, work experience better for employees because they know that there's a huge impact on the bottom line for the company and for the lives of the employees. So I think that's really, really interesting. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also with with people, I think we, I mean, we focus on the top line, a dollar earned, dollar earns like, but when we can help and really retain people and that's like a dollar saved, a lot of times, in my opinion, is more than a dollar earned because it's, it's all going to that bottom line. It's all going to help in the long run. And there's a lot of influence that HR has on business, the business side of business, not just the people side as well. Yeah, totally, totally agree. So I think that's a great precursor to our topic today. So when you and I were chatting about, you know, what should we talk about? on this episode today, you had kind of mentioned this overlap that I think, you know, has set the stage learning about your background in restaurants and the food industry and then people. And especially I think one of the biggest challenges that restaurants face is recruiting and retaining those frontline employees. I, I know, and I've read some statistics that there can be up to hundred percent turnover year over year in many, many small restaurants. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to pull from some experience from both Texas Roadhouse and Cafe Rio. Uh, Since I was at Texas Roadhouse for a decade and I've been Cafe Rio now five months. However, uh, yes, it was not uncommon for certain. Definitely. I mean, Texas Roadhouse frontline over 100 percent turnover Uh, when you're you have that. It's someone's first job, you know, right out of high school or still in high school and they're figuring out how to work, how to communicate or just interact in a professional setting. Sometimes it's just too much and they try it out for a little bit and they think, you know, I don't like this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out. I, I'll wait until I'm a little bit older, then I'll start working. Um, however, it, it's also some of those numbers can be deceptive because it's the same people coming back, going back and forth. And uh, there's that group of people that are like me. They fall in love with the restaurant industry and they maybe don't necessarily stay in operations, but they're always a part of restaurants. And so, yes, turnover has always been an issue, but um, the pandemic made it really interesting. Well, yeah, that was my next point that it's always been challenging, but then you layer on, you know, the last 12 months of this pandemic. And I'm not sure if there's any industry that's been impacted as much as, you know, the local restaurant industry. So talk to us a little bit more about that. What were the, some of the biggest obstacles that businesses in the restaurant industry faced Mm -hmm. during the height of the COVID pandemic? I mean, and you hit that right. Local restaurants were hit so much harder than, yeah. you know, the big, bigger companies. Again, I, so I was, when it started, I was still with Texas Roadhouse and the the founder there did everything he could to keep everything going, gave up his salary, all of the C-suite. They just gave up their income. Uh, there was no, there were no furloughs or no layoffs, nothing like that. And that was a big deal. But the biggest thing was just trying to pivot from not so cafe real is a fast casual so it's a little different there it's more of just how do we keep operating you know adding those third-party delivery systems those kind of things but with texas roadhouse it was it's a sit down it's a casual restaurant it's so much about the experience of being inside the, the restaurant and that wasn't even allowed it's like dining rooms were shut down and how do you go from a full service to a to go only model and it was crazy setting up tents outside even like building drive-through windows to everything. Uh, And so that was the biggest impact. It wasn't so much laying people off for that. Uh, It was how do we continue getting sales? Uh, And I mean, and since it's a public company, Texas Roadhouse, they already published it. They went from, uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was averaging about $7,000 in weekly to-go orders. And then by the end of it, uh, they were up to like, 
30,000, you know? Wow. So it's, it, it was a big shift in just right. a few weeks. Like, how do we actually stay afloat? Uh, yeah. Which was great. But uh, like That's the a- small restaurants, as you said, the small restaurants, they just, they, where were they supposed to go? You know? Yeah. It's huge it, challenges. Really I mean, it impacts every aspect of the business. So what you were talking about, I mean, it impacts your real estate, like putting an actual mm-hmm. window in it's your whole logistics, like supply chains were impacted in terms of like where you get food. So I mean, from an HR perspective, what were the biggest challenges that you felt like you were facing when you were in the height of that, as well as, you know, so many other HR leaders at, in, in the restaurant industry. Compensation was a big part of it. You know, how, how do you pay these, all these people that are working or, uh, again, most people, they start a business with the intent of, I want to have a business so that I can either take care of myself or take care of my family or take care of some other people. And that was really the feeling uh, at Texas Roadhouse and that I'm seeing here at Cafe Rio as well as how do we take care of our family, which is, you know, the people that work here. And so I'd say compensation is a big part of it. And uh, as I said, you know, executives are taking pay cuts, doing what they could to make sure that they get cover the pay for those frontline workers. And also there's, you know, the COVID, just how the COVID sick leave or yeah. having to quarantine those kind of things. And so it's the balance of having to staff the restaurant and also make sure we're being just sensitive to what's really happening. Right. Um, and there were so many different things going on. It was like, okay, well, how do you communicate this the right way? How do you send it out? And just so many different versions of going through is like, we can do this, we can do this. And just finally deciding on something. Okay, let's go. We're going to send uh, $200 to everybody just because, you know, to every yeah. single employee in the entire company. And it makes a difference for them because they think not only am I getting my paycheck, but I'm getting extra during this yeah. crazy time. Yeah, that's that, that makes a goes a long way. It's, it's cool hearing those stories about, you know, executives going without pay and companies you know, being able to do things like that and, and really focused on taking care of their family, their employees. So that's great to hear. So, I mean, it sounds like there were just a whirlwind of challenges. I'm sure that many, many in the restaurant industry have felt the same thing. Luckily, in most places, we're seeing you know, the effects of the pandemic subside a little bit. Things are getting a little bit more back to normal. Mm-hmm. At least that's the case here in Utah. Um, so talk to me a little bit more how that shit through that shift that has happened, what are the, the post-pandemic obstacles that are facing the restaurant industry right now? So it's the new pandemic, which is staffing. And well, I'd say there are kind of two pandemics. There's a little bit of mental health. Um, well, maybe not a little bit, but a lot. I mean, people have been yeah. stressed out for a long time. And then the pandemic just added to that. And having, again, to be, to, you make sure you're just sensitive to what's going on in everybody's lives. But then just hiring, you know, trying to get yeah. people to come back. Uh, just last week, we had someone say, yeah, I don't want my kids to work. Uh, and for the restaurant industry, again, that's, you have 16, yeah. 17, 18 year old kids that are starting their job, first job. And their parents are saying, I don't, I don't want you to go back to work yet. And we're still a year out of the pandemic at this point. So uh, that is the biggest thing right now. The biggest challenge is revenue or sales are going up a ton and lots of people are feeling comfortable to go out and eat and, you know, get back to somewhat of a normal life. But how do you meet that demand when you can't supply the people back to the original part of our discussions, you know, people, that's the central part. And if you don't have someone there to roll a burrito or make sure you got the beans made, all of that stuff, it's how are you going to be able to provide the service that people have been used to before all of this happened? 
Yeah, that's that's so interesting. And and so I want to double click on that. Like, tell me a little bit more. What what has Cafe Rio done? What have, what have you and your team done to really address some of these obstacles that you're facing with hiring and retention? Like, what's working? What isn't? Mm-hmm. And it's really throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks and so forth. So we will. So we have about a oh, we have 138 restaurants right now. And what we'll do is we'll pick one. And we'll just throw everything at it. It's like, okay, we're going to put new signs up. We're going to put, this is the exact amount of pay. What we pay, we're going to do grassroots, go f- around to places. And I mean, we, we're also always careful if like we go into another restaurant and talk to people just to really uh, brainstorm. It's like, what are you guys, are you seeing trouble? Yeah. Are you being able to hire? And do you have people that need more hours? Uh, and if they do have people that need more hours, like, well, they can come work over here, get more hours. And so kind of swapping employees mm-hmm. because, back to that is like the people that are working are the ones that are really wanting to work. And so we've done, I mean, set up booths out front of grocery stores and just handed out chips and salsa. We've done a hiring fiesta, you know, through it and just went around and handed out flyers all over and got people to show up and give them free food. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. again, food is a lot of what we do (laughs) handing Mm -hmm. it out, but it's uh, radio ads, things that we never thought we would really try. And we're trying everything just to see and then track and see how many applicants we've gotten and how many of those have turned into hires and how many are still sticking around. Um, So it's, it's just constantly changing really is what's going on. So it sounds like testing and learning and then tracking the progress of each of those things. So you can kind of compare you know, and know what to invest more into and what to move away from. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I would say always track everything. I mean, that's nothing I always try to push is the analytical or just the analytics of all of it. Because I think a lot of times in HR, we kind of get lost in, Hey, I'm taking care of somebody. It was like, but can we quantify how we're taking care of them? And always think of the the book work rules and, you know, the head of HR for Google and talking about Mm -hmm. track everything you can, because Mm -hmm. if you don't track it, you don't know if it's working. And that's, that's what we're really trying to do is pinpoint as much as possible. Who's applying? Why are they applying? And who are we finding a good fit with. Um, so it's really, it does come down to though, you know, building those partnerships and helping the GMs in our stores understand how important it is to do the recruiting themselves as well. Not just yeah. depend on the HR department. Yeah, that makes sense. Back to the tracking piece. It just reminded me of a previous episode with um, uh, so another HR leader where we were just talking about how do you elevate the perception of HR you know, especially with the C-suite at your company. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a key piece of that, right? Being able to track the and show um, the progress of your people and the impact that they're having um, is a key piece of that. So, yeah, very, very interesting. So, um, so mm-hmm. I know it's early. You're still testing a lot of these ideas, but what, what has worked mm-hmm. the best for you so far? Like, what are the early indicators? <sighs> I mean, really just getting out there as much as possible for restaurants, at least, because it is so face to face. You've got to get out there, show them, hey, we've got the hours. We're busy Uh, because back to my restaurant experience of owning my own restaurant, there's there's nothing worse uh, than working in a restaurant and not having anyone come in. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like when you're working there, you're just like, okay. so and that's another hard part of the pandemic because you couldn't have people come in. But just going out, talking to people, seeing what's going on, uh, that has really worked the most and just 
trying to get out into the community as much as possible, I think has been the best because everybody's got now hiring signs up. Everybody's got a posting online. Everybody has Facebook ads going. Everybody like it's, you can spend a ton of money on marketing on social media, whatever you want to do. However, there's such a limited reach that way because it's so saturated. And I just tell people like, if, especially for a small business, if you're one restaurant owner, get out and talk to the people around you and see what's going on see what you can do different because if they can see who you are and they know who they're working for, it's a lot easier to make that connection. Yeah. I love that. I think that's excellent, excellent advice. Is there any other advice that you'd offer, you know, other restaurants who might be facing similar hiring and retention obstacles? I mean, I'd you got to focus on the people you got too. I mean, don't get too caught up on getting that next person hired or who's next in line, but always take care of the people that you have and make sure you're recognizing them as much as possible because they'll notice if you start bringing in new people and if you're paying them more for, I mean, it's just getting competitive with compensation. So you got to definitely make sure that internal equity is there. Yeah, there's two sides of that, right? It's the recruiting. It's also the retention that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now it's it's probably really easy for small business owners, restaurant owners, or managers to get so caught up on the challenges with recruiting that they might you know, forget about the retention piece. How do you take care of mm-hmm. your people? So I think that's really smart to make sure that you have a really balanced attack there. So what types of things would you recommend when it comes to a re- retention standpoint to help existing restaurant employees feel valued and want to stick around? I'd say the biggest thing is talk to your people. I mean, they're going to have ideas if they feel like they're valued. Go back to the the Q12 Gallup survey, you know, the use those questions. I mean, everyone uses them. They just reword them a little bit, fits their culture, Mm -hmm. but that those are used over and over so many times because they really work. You know, do you have a friend at work? Do you have the tools you need? Make sure you're taking care of your people. Do they feel valued? Are you giving them an opportunity to grow, especially now when it's so stressful, it's giving them an opportunity to get away from work as well. And and restaurants, it's hard because it's so short staffed. People are working 90, 95 hours a week. And it's like, are we just burning them out to where they just totally give up? Uh, So that's the biggest. It's like, make sure you're giving them time to, to relax, I think is the big thing right now so they can take care of themselves. Yeah. That's excellent. It's a hard balance to strike, I think, with lots of businesses right now, but I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. right. You take care of your people first and then they'll take care of your business. So that's great. Um, okay. I want to shift transition and shift uh, focus a little bit. You know, I know not all of our listeners work in the restaurant industry, right? Mm-hmm. But all of us are guests or diners at restaurants at one point or another. So what, what would you say to guests or diners or restaurants during this uh, staffing crisis that so many restaurants have? Like, like, like what advice do you have for us as consumers that were going into those restaurants? Um, so I, I am a self-proclaimed enemy to social media. You could say <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I'm in restaurants and you just always get somebody on there that's like, oh, I had the worst experience ever. I'm never going back to this place. And everyone jumps on. It's like, yeah, it's horrible. Da, 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 whatever it may be. Um, and I, that's what I would say is like, for how, think of how stressed you are right now. Think of how yeah. the pandemic's affected you before you blast some 20 year old 
employee at a restaurant. And I mean, and those small restaurants they're again, they're the ones that are really struggling. They have such a short staff and just be considerate. I mean, always restaurants, always appreciate the business and very grateful for anyone that, you know, comes in and always happy to have a guest. Uh, and let's all be mindful of the fact that they're working on maybe 25% staff, you know, yeah. what, the, what they're used to. So, I mean, quite literally people are working 31 out of 31 days of the month, yeah. 15 hours a day, uh, because there's just not enough people. And, and yeah. you got to think, it's like, how, how would you be acting if you were that way? Would you be able yeah. to get every single order right? Would you be smiling 100% of the time? Uh, yeah. But we're just so quick as the consumer to just like, Whoa, that wasn't perfect. Yeah. I'm out of here and I'm going to tell everybody about it. So, so yeah. let's, let's all just practice. And that's not just for restaurants. I'd say it's for any interaction we have as we're getting back out into the world. Let's try to make it a nicer world. I agree, man. What, what great advice. I think that, you know, just having the context of what's going on behind the scenes a little bit, I think it's been a really insightful episode for, I know it has for me and I hope for many of our listeners, just, you know, we know that the restaurant industry has been challenged like so many other industries too, but just hearing some of the specifics of the context behind it, it makes a lot of sense can help us hopefully all be a little bit patient, a little bit more patient, um, you know, and, and pass feedback along in the, in the right way. Right. Instead Mm -hmm. of just, the social blast, right? Because I think that that feedback is important sometimes for, you know, managers of stores and people at the mm-hmm. corporate level to get, right? But it's the right way to go about doing it so that it actually um, is received and something happens from it. Is that right? Absolutely. I would much rather have someone, I mean, talk to a manager or even talk to me, you know, reach yeah. out and say, hey, this happened. I'm like, you know what? thank you so much for letting me know. I appreciate it. We're all working really hard. We want to do better, but yeah, just there's no solution. Just blasting on social media. It's just, yeah. 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 Good. Well, I, I, uh, I appreciate uh, the advice there. I think that's great. I'm going to do a little bit better and hopefully everyone else does just being more patient, you know, as we go throughout all these other local businesses that we're interacting with. So, um, man, this has been awesome, Kyle. Really, really appreciate it. Last question I have for you is, is a little bit different, but it's a question I really like to ask, you know, a lot of our guests on the show is, you know, in your opinion, thinking broader, what is the most underrated tactic to improve HR processes or employee experience? The underrated tactic. I would say, are we talking just specifically in HR, right? Yeah. I would say, oh man, back to what we, I mean, a little bit tracking everything. I mean, we've got to be better as HR professionals of using analytics. Um, it's just, if you, the more you track it, the more we see results and the more we influence towards taking care of our people. Because if we just again say, hey, so-and-so feels bad or hey, so-and-so feels great, that's just so anecdotal that it doesn't go far. But if you can say, look, we've been testing this and these are the results in these locations, or we've seen an increase in sales, we can draw it back to how we've been treating our people. Then that is, I'd say the most underutilized part of HR right now is we just really struggle in tracking information. We're just yeah. get so caught up in taking care of the people instead of actually seeing how we're taking care of the people. Yeah. It's the qualitative plus the quantitative is when it gets mm-hmm. really powerful, right? Yes. Great, great advice. Well, Kyle, this has been so great. Again, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast today and wish you the best and all of your employees there at Cafe Rio the best. 
and everyone else in the restaurant industry, hoping we can continue to come out of this strong. Yeah. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks. Have a great rest of the day. All right, you too. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.